Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 61 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I got Casey, Joy, MBG. We are 208 days away from the start of college football season. Got lots of stuff to talk about between now and then, including college basketball, which we have not talked about for a little bit here. So we thought we'd kick things off this week by checking in on how our teams are doing so far this season and where we think our teams are going. So, MBG, I know you've been fired up about the Utah State Aggies. You guys still rolling? <laughs> well, yeah, eighteen and two. I think we're ranked seventeenth in both polls as of today. So things are looking good for Utah State. I think our net is maybe in the twenties, mid twenties, twenty six. We beat Boise State on the road Saturday, which is a tough place to play and a tough place to win. It's pretty remarkable. We have a first year coach, Danny Sprinkle. He came over from Montana State. Utah State was picked to finish ninth in the league this year. They returned zero minutes, zero points, and really didn't bring in any big-name transfers. A couple guys from Montana State, uh, Ian Martinez from our, from Maryland, but other than that, really no big-name transfers, and um, they've been outstanding. So I would look for – I don't think this is even Homer talking, but Danny Sprinkle to be in the run for National Coach of the Year. I'm not quite sure who you could say has done a better job than he has done at this point. They're 7-2 and two against Quad 1, Quad 2 teams. He's really done great, so they're good. I, I booked my tickets for the Final Four, so you know, <laughs> I plan on being there. There's your Utah State Minute on the MBT show. Yeah, I mean, now you guys are going to feel dumb. We're talking about your teams. I do feel dumb. You can't have a better resume than starting from zero, right? And, and Literally. 17 and 2 or 18 and 2 or whatever. I mean, I can't imagine yeah, anyone can top that. There's a lot of season to go, obviously, but that's about as good as it gets right out of the gate. Yeah, and they play most of their tough road games. Uh, they play San Diego State on Saturday, but uh, other than that, they've kind of cleared the I, – I just jinxed them probably. But, <laughs> but I mean, they've cleared most of the tough road games. Um, so, you know, playing for seeding at this point, I hope. Is Steve Fisher still at San Diego State? No, he retired. Brian Dutcher's there, and he's oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, he um, was an assistant under under Fisher, though, wasn't he? For a long time. I think he was even with Fisher at Michigan. He's a great coach, too, Dutcher. Mountain West has some great coaches, some great teams this year. Well, I, yeah, I saw some. Are you all – I mean, they're projecting how many teams from the Mountain West to the tournament right now. It's like yeah, it's four, been right? anywhere from between four and six, four I think. Six uh, all the way. That's not going to end up that way. I, I think they'll end up with four max, but – a couple of weeks ago, they had six in. Um, I think it'll be four max with Utah State, New Mexico, uh, San Diego State, and then probably Boise or Colorado State, one of those two. I mean, Rothstein's talking about the ACC only getting two, which is insane. What? Yeah. Really? It's, it's something over the weekend, yeah. Wow. Which is crazy because, I mean, Clemson's been playing well. I know you guys – I'm sure you want to talk about your game against Duke. When does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. 
There were some South Carolina fans that were there to see that game. Yeah, yeah. They were almost my genius of the week because who? Come on. Now I will tell you a, a true story. I was at the that that year that South Carolina made a run and to the Final Four, I believe. Mm-hmm. I was at the Bilo Center. I'm actually here in Greenville, South Carolina, right now. It's where in the world is Casey broadcasting from, and right down the street here was Bilo Center, and South Carolina was playing in the early game, and North Carolina was playing in the, in the evening, and there was two people sitting next to me, and they literally asked me to get by me. They came, they were in South Carolina gear. They came back, and they had changed into their North Carolina gear. Ugh. And they were So, like, I guess that's a thing. I heard on local sports radio today that Clemson's, Clemson fans' second favorite team, Duke, uh, beat them this weekend, so it was a win-win. I, I don't know where that comes from. But I, I've always hated Duke, but yeah, that game was was crazy, man. And and you can't win there. I, I think Clemson is just can't win on Tobacco Road. It's just something about those two buildings in that Chapel Hill and Durham area. I don't know. I, I can't believe Shire gets the love Coach K gets though, because that our kid Jack Clark grabs a grabs the ball out of the going for a rebound grabs the ball out of the basket hands it to the other player technical foul there was, was no talk there was no was so Ill will it was like the ref <laughs> was just hoping that something bad was happening i've never seen that before except in durham sorry yeah. joy i know they're your your blue devils but i'm i'm proud of coach brownell because he I mean, he said something about it but he he probably could have said a lot more we had two players going after the refs at the end of the game you know, the last play, which was a foul or wasn't a foul, depending on what fan base you're talking to. I mean, it is what it is. It shouldn't have got to that far. But, yeah, Clemson basketball always ropes me in, as they did early on in the year. Joe Girard transferring in from Syracuse has been a good, a big lift. P.J. Hall has been playing great. But then they lose games inexplicably, and they go back to being Clemson basketball. And uh, here we are. So you're saying ACC is getting two. Back to the NIT, where we'll blow a 26-point lead to Oakland again. <laughs> Casey, sound beaten down. <laughs> uh, I've seen this. I, they get me every year. I think I even tweeted it out like, yep, I'm in. You know, they beat a team like Alabama on the road and beat them like a drum. Alabama was supposed to be this, you know, world beaters, and actually they beat Auburn the other night. But then but then you, you lose to Virginia Tech or a team that you shouldn't lose, Georgia Tech. You know, yeah. I know the ACC is tough, but you don't shouldn't lose those Georgia, games. Yeah, Georgia Tech's not the ACC. The bottom half of the ACC is not great, but I mean, I I think I don't see how Clemson, as of now, wouldn't be considered for a bid. That seems crazy to me. Two wins um, in their last seven doesn't help, though. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's a lot of season left. You guys have some good, some quality wins. So, well, I'm curious when we talk about when you said let's talk about your teams. Who is Joy's team? Is it UConn or who's your team? MBG, you know the answer to this question. But I don't. That's the thing. Yes, you do. We've talked about it over and over and over again. It's why who's and Casey are always like, let's talk about basketball. Okay, so it's not LSU. I grew up a Duke basketball fan. Uh, My dad was a basketball coach and Coach K and him built a relationship. So growing up, I grew up watching Duke basketball on TV, so it's all I've ever known. I mean, I didn't grow up in like the heyday of LSU basketball. Their heyday was like when Shaq was there. I I don't remember that. The earliest memory I have of watching college basketball is watching Duke. So I'm sorry about that. That's I'm not. It's been great. Tough, it's been tough childhood. 
It's been really fun. You know, they brought me the joy that LSU couldn't sometimes. Who's the first Duke players you remember watching? Like what? Oh, gosh. I don't even know if I remember. Because all I ever cared about was Coach K. Mm. But, like, I am, like, I know the villains. Like, I'll remember the villains for, like. Like J.J. Reddick? Was that? I remember J.J. Okay. I've watched Shire. the Leitner documentary 150 times. <laughs> Wojciechowski. That was before you were born, though, Christian. Yes, way before I was born. But like that's like my dad grew. grew I grew up like learning about the players. I knew that. I knew that it wasn't like a popular, like school to be a fan of. I my dad was like, just a heads up. Like if you want to change allegiances now, you probably should because you're gonna get as much hate as you possibly can. But. Yeah, I, I love Duke. I've always loved Duke. I don't I I did watch some of the game. I don't think Eric Meek. I, I think Clemson deserves to Okay. Casey, I'm trying Casey to just muttering are still going. Muttering Duke Sh- villains under his breath all Shavlik Randolph. <laughs> Cherokee Parks. Oh, Cherokee God. Parks. Casey Shane Battier with the brains on the yes, outside Collins, of his head. Bobby oh. Hurley. <laughs> guys okay but here's the deal we we always miss breaking news on our podcast right like we always miss it we're yeah, always like we always record one day too early and i do just want to let you all know that um as of 10 minutes ago hugh freeze announced that he's hiring dj durkin as auburn's defensive coordinator jay billis <laughs> <laughs> i hate you casey <laughs> That was a perfect response. Hugh Freeze killed it with that hire. Oh. <laughs> the best part is that he was at AM the last two seasons. Oh, Dang it. I was really going to try to get through a whole podcast without mentioning them, but I just can't do it. No, it's, they're going to come up at some point. Um, all right. So I'll just real quickly. So we're somehow we're 15 and five, six and three in the ACC. It's been, but somehow a down year for us. We've got the longest home winning streak in the country, but we've just gotten are out of us on the road several times. I will say the we've gotten on track. The last two games we held NC State to 15 in the first half and then Louisville to 13 in the first half. And apparently Louisville had some recruits at that game and they had them leave at halftime <laughs> because we were up like 41 to 13 or something like that. So, you know, we're starting to get things back on track or at least playing the ugly kind of basketball that we're known for. So have games at Clemson, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Duke, and home against UNC. So we got a lot of tough games left. I think my buddies and I are really hoping we sneak in with like an 11 seed or something, just because it would be nice one year to go into the tournament and not have to worry about losing to like <laughs> Furman or somebody like that. <laughs> like I just Greg want, Paulus. Yeah, I just want one year where there's no expectations and I don't go in just feeling sick before the tournament starts. So Kyle Singler. Yeah. <laughs> I can literally do this for an hour, by the way, Casey. <laughs> Look, Casey, I know that you're mad at a couple people right now. Miles Plumley. I wasn't one of them. So leave me alone. We could do like 15 minutes on Plumleys alone, Casey. <laughs> if y'all would like to do that, I will be exiting the podcast. Austin Rivers, really? All right, sorry, I'm done. <laughs> oh, man. We forgot Grayson Allen. Marty like the Clark. whole joke. It's real. Marty Clark wasn't he? Wasn't he on those teams back in the early nineties? Remember that guy? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. North Carolina more. Oh, do you really? Oh yeah. 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 Not me. 
Okay, that's something we can agree on. (laughs) I just figured it was a good segue. (laughs) All right, so speaking of rivals, uh, next up we have our mailbag question. This week's (laughs) question comes to us from – that was my MBG-like segue there. Not nearly as good at it as he is. Uh, This week's question comes to us from friend of the podcast at Jerry underscore C underscore, who asks, who is your team's most famous celebrity fan? And could they beat up your rival's most famous celebrity fan? I, this one took me some thinking. So, Casey, you want to kick it off? Yeah, Jerry, appreciate the question. Even though I'm going first, I'm not sure I have my usual weekly funny response this week. But I'll do my best. Clemson's most famous fan, huh? I think my nominees are Nancy O'Dell from Entertainment Tonight. I hadn't really seen her around campus, though. But once we won our first national championship in 16, she was there to commentate the championship parade that we had. It was it was wonderful. Jane Robolo is another one, a national news anchor, country music star Lee Bryce. He was actually on the football team before making the correct decision and going into music. The guy who played Gunther on Friends, rest in peace, James oh, Michael Tyler. He was, he was, the blonde hair. He was vocal in his support of the Tigers up until the end. Dolph Lundgren is rumored to have received his master's from Clemson, but I'm going with Marky Mark Wahlberg. Apparently Over Yvonne his, Drago? Yeah, apparently really? one of his kids. Oh, just, wait, just wait, MBG. Apparently one of his kids is a student, and he got the Superstars treatment when he came to Family Weekend. And we even got a no-shirt picture of Marky Mark in the Clemson football weight room. The second part of the question, Marky Mark would absolutely destroy Darius Rucker from South Carolina. However, South Carolina's second most famous alum, Alec Murdaugh, I'd be afraid of him. <laughs> he, he may kill Marky Mark. Joy, you're up. Well, but wait, Yvonne yeah. Drago killed Apollo Creed with his fists. He skipped right <laughs> over Dolph Lundgren somehow. <laughs> yeah, because it's it, that's a rumor that he that he oh, okay. like he, we're not sure he got his masters. But speaking of Alec Murdoch, didn't he not? Doesn't he not get a new trial? I have no idea. I just thought it was I just today. His judge will not. That came out today. I don't have I mentioned. I haven't said it on the podcast. I don't think that my wife knew like knew him in quotes in college like like was that some they were i think the same year and you know some fraternity sorority mixers she i asked him what she thought about him and she said he was a sweaty loser which for some for some reason cracked me <laughs> which it's kind of me too but still i haven't killed anybody so. <laughs> but you won <laughs> right um, Casey, can you share the shirtless picture of Mark Wahlberg? I would really appreciate that. Yeah, sure. For my show. favorite movie is Shooter, so, so he's got a special place in my heart. Yeah, I was trying to go through LSU's. Obviously, I think our most notable is Shaq. I mean, it's just – I don't know how it's anyone but Shaq. So then I had to Google famous people that are Alabama fans because, like, you have a couple, but remember how there was that whole game day debacle when they picked someone that – wasn't an actual Alabama fan and everyone freaked out about it. So I started Googling and there's like Condoleezza Rice, Melissa Joan Hart. There's some like random ones, but I'm like, those aren't even a fair fight. Then I found out that Stone Cold Steve Austin is an Alabama. Boom. There you go. You know, between him and Shaq, I'm still not entirely sure who wins, but at least it would be a dang good fight. And I'll take that any day of the week. Shaq and Melissa Joan Hart. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know why maybe she'd like i don't know put a spell like sabrina that's a good call 
All right, MBG. I'm excited to hear about some Utah State celebrity fans here. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I kind of misread the question when it said celebrity fans. I was thinking it was just alumni, and I could at least pile up some well, XM- that counts. XNFL yeah, that counts. guys. But that's not fair. Like, oh, I could pick Bobby Wagner or Merlin Olson Ooh. or Jordan Love or whatever. But that doesn't quite seem fair. So I'm not quite sure who that would be. It would probably be the dude who started Crumble Cookies. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know Crumble Cookies? Yes. All right. Well, I'll just have you know that anytime you buy a Crumble Cookie, you are donating and supporting, donating to and supporting the Utah State Aggies. So I think his name's like Sawyer Hensley or something. I don't know if he's tough or anything, but he makes good cookies. But he'd have to fight like BYU's most famous fan, which I'm guessing is no tougher than him. It's like probably like Mitt Romney or David Archuleta or somebody. Mm. So David Archuleta. <laughs> so second time he's come up on the podcast, by the way. So I'd give him a fighting chance, but that's really the best I could come up with. Like Harry Reid is dead, so that doesn't count. I don't know. I'd probably have to do. So is Apollo Creed apparently. Yeah, Apollo Creed, that's right. Yvonne Drago. Rocky Four. All right, so this this one was tough because I I tried not to do an athlete, and that left me with like Katie Couric, who probably people who listen to this might not even know who she is. Tina Fey was at UVA the same time I was there, but I don't think she's like a UVA sports fan. Alexis Ohanian, the guy who founded Reddit, is married to Serena Williams, UVA guy. Again, I don't I'm not aware of him like being at any UVA sporting events or anything. So I'm actually going John Grisham who did not go to UVA, but he's got a, you know, a huge estate there, huge supporter of the athletic program, I think especially baseball. So he's, you know, he's an older guy, but I'm assuming he can handle himself. He grew up in the South. He can probably fight. And then uh, as for Virginia Tech, they only beat us in football. So I think we're good. You know, we'll win this fight, whoever I pick, but just to, you know, make sure that we win, I'd go with Steve Bannon because he's going to be in prison. So we just get the forfeit. So. <laughs> Brian Zubek. <laughs> I hope you do this the whole episode, by the way. This is gonna be the best. I'm going to quit. I'm gonna this is going to be the best part of the show. <laughs> I just keep finding names on the internet that I remember. <laughs> There's not a lot to say. He sure has found some words. I could tell by the look on your face whenever you found another good one, by the way, because you're just waiting for someone to stop talking. <laughs> right at the end, half beat, go. All right, that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference. Somebody did something particularly dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, my nominee, Barstool Longhorn, won with 54% of the vote, followed by Joy's nominee, Tristan Thompson, with 24%. MBG's nominee, I'm going to mispronounce this, is it the Zaman Marathon Committee? Is that close enough? In Mandarin, you would say shaman. That's how it's shaman, okay. Now, be soft back on that X. Yeah, be soft on that X, shaman. <laughs> came in third with 13%. Casey's nominee, Cam McCormick, came in fourth with 9%. So I'm in the lead with 22 wins, followed by Joy with 12, Casey with 10, Courtney with 1, MBG with zero you're getting so much support on twitter mbg so many people yeah. want you to end the streak here mm, um, well, they, they, need, they need to do more 
you know, <laughs> oh, and 45. Last couple of weeks, I found some good ones. This week was it, this was a tough one. So, for reference, in August of last year, the Sequoia Chiefs broke a 1,799 day, 45 game losing streak, knocking off their rival Teleco Plains 55 to 19 to end the longest high school losing streak in Tennessee. Sequoia went on to win another game two weeks later, finishing the season two and eight. So, MBG, the lesson there is don't give up hope. Mm-hmm. Just got to get the lid off. We'll be all Once right. you get one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Casey. Who you got this week? This week, my genius of the week hurts me because he was arguably one of my favorite college football players ever. But I'm going with Zay Flowers. Sorry, who's Zay had a big touchdown early in the AFC championship game this past weekend, and I was excited that he was going to have a big game because he's electrifying. Then he catches another pass later in the game, which probably should have been a touchdown because he had a lot of room. But Legereus Sneed made a touchdown-saving tackle, to which Zay took exception to, proceeded to push Sneed down, forcefully dropped the ball at him as well. 15-yard penalty for taunting. Later in the drive, Sneed made the tackle that caused Flowers to fumble as he was going in the end zone, ending a promising drive, obviously. Uh, But here's why Zay is my genius of the week. He proceeded to slam his helmet down and putting a huge gash into his hand, which seemingly completely nullified his his effectiveness the remainder of the game. So for throwing a temper tantrum on the sidelines, Zay Flowers is my genius of the week. (sighs) That's the right reaction. (laughs) So my son had three of his friends over to watch the game yesterday. And, you know, me trying to secretly drink beer and not cuss in front of them while the game was going down. It was, it was a tough three and a half hours for your boy. It was a tough watch. Yeah. This totally got away from what they did all year. They, we ran the ball better than any team in football all year and just didn't run the ball. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, but yeah, I'm over it. No, no worries. Let's sit here and cry quietly while joy gives her genius of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I love my genius of the week. I think it's great. So my genius of the week is Keishon Butte because if anyone's going to make fun of LSU, it's going to be me. Keishon Butte had to turn himself in to the Batters police last week for illegal sports gaming. It he it came out that he bet eighty nine. He placed eighty nine hundred bets during the college football season, um, the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three college football season. The best part about it all is that he bet that he would score a touchdown and rack up 82 and a half yards against Florida State on September 4th, 2022. Um, it was a part of an eight-leg parlay, and he did not hit on either. So he bet on himself and majorly lost. The other part that I really appreciated was that his username on the webs on his FanDuel account was KeishanBoutte01. <laughs> it wasn't even trying to hide who he was. I don't 8,900 bets seems like a lot to me. I feel like there there's probably a little bit of something going on there. Um, I don't know if he was a bookie. I don't know what was going on, but if he would have spent less time placing bets and more time focusing on the game of football, he might've had a better last season as an LSU tiger. And so for that, he is my genius of the week. I can't imagine he's on the Patriots, right? Yeah. I can't imagine NFL teams are going to be very happy about somebody who's betting on his own games in college like that seems like that could be a problem but yeah using his own name for his username was 
That's the best part of that. By and far. they traced the IP address back, and he placed over half of them in the football operations building. Awesome. <laughs> in the practice facility. Yeah, he's. I'm like, he's, you uh, are ballsy. I mean, he is ballsy. That's why he got kicked off the team. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That might be a winner, unless yeah, you said that last week, and then I got well, screwed. Yeah, well, I was I was not expecting the Longhorn thing. I think I underestimated the animal lovers. Uh, I even tried to game. cheat. It didn't work. You both did. I saw. I, I see what's going on. I saw your tweets. I just say. I just said that y'all disappointed me. I didn't say who I who mine was. I'm just tired uh, of coming in for Sure about that, Joy? Oh wait, someone <laughs> asked me, and I just said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they asked me, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, no, I need to pull receipts in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> if they asked me, I'm not gonna, gonna lie. be one of those. I don't think that, it didn't help, Hoos. I still lost. Like freaking Florida football. The worst thing you can do is cheat and not win. <laughs> All right, MBG, is this the week? Yeah, it should be. It really should be. <laughs> so, last week. Yeah, that was a good week. Well, we'll see about this week. We're going down to Orlando, Florida, with my boy, Michael DaCosta. I don't know if you guys know Michael, but. Um, Best friends. He Good was guy. he was actually you guys probably know this and he got arrested last Wednesday, which seems out of character for Michael. But um, <laughs> you know, I don't know what was happening in his personal life, but well, I guess really what happened is he somehow found himself buck naked in a Wings of Faith thrift store in Ocala. I think that's pronounced in Ocala. Ocala, is, yeah, Ocala, right? Yeah. And so the officer said that they were called to respond to a report of a naked man running around everywhere. Um, apparently, Da Costa entered the Wings of Faith thrift store fully nude, snatched a T-shirt, and then ran out of the store. Uh, and then he was arrested. So he went in there fully naked, looking for some clothes. Decided all he needed was a T-shirt. He was just going to Winnie the Pooh it for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and headed on out. And it said it said he made no effort to cover his genitalia. For being clothesless and thinking all he needed was a shirt at the thrift store, Michael De La Costa um, is my genius of the week. I'd help him out if I knew what size pants he wore, but right. I don't I don't know. I don't know how to help him out there, but uh, solid well, Mike, if you see a picture, if if you do a little research on Mike you look like you're having a bad day. Maybe, you know, just chalk it up to a bad day. Yeah. But he's got a shirt now, at least. He's <laughs> got half the wardrobe. All right. So I was struggling this week, and then luckily college basketball pundit Jeff Goodman came through for me at the last minute here. I'm still, to be honest, piecing together some of the details of what went down. But apparently there's a DePaul fan on Twitter the account is at Blue Demon Degen, who a week or so ago released an independent documentary called Divine Providence, which is about Ed Cooley leaving Providence to coach at Georgetown. And he's just doing this on his own. I think he was using um, like footage from the Big East games that he probably didn't have the right to use or whatever. And he got his Twitter account that he was using to promote the documentaries because apparently he's going to do a whole series of them, um, got suspended so we don't know if that was the Big East that was doing that or what, but for reasons that aren't totally clear, Jeff Goodman, very angry about the documentary, 
decided to slide into at Blue Demon DGEN's DMs and try to be Barney Badass, sent him a series of more and more threatening, putting that in quotes, messages. So I just jotted down a few. First one said, I, uh, I'm told you will be getting sued. Not really sure why. I'm assuming for using this footage from the Big East games. Then he says, you honestly might lose a lot of money for this. Then he transitions to, how do you look in orange? And then finally, when I have time, I will track down who you are. So what I guess Jeff Goodman didn't count on was that this guy was going to release all the DMs. Um, Barstool got a hold of it, retweeted it. Last time I checked, had been seen over four and a half million times. Literally hundreds of tweets saying pulling up for the Jeff Goodman downfall. I don't Is he like really disliked or... I mean, it seems like it because people are just enjoying the hell out of this. So for threatening to sue someone into prison, which was weird, and getting roasted by all of Twitter, Jeff Goodman is my genius of the week. Yeah, I didn't realize he was so disliked either, but it's obvious from the responses to that tweet that he's not real popular, um, which I just found that out today. Yeah, I had no idea. And I guess I shouldn't put him on our list of possible guests because <laughs> maybe he, he might be available. Right. <laughs> yeah, but if you type his, just search for his name on Twitter, I mean, it's not like anyone is coming to his defense. I mean, literally everybody's roasting him. So I, I saw another, there was another guy, I looked like a younger guy who was a writer who released some DMs. And Jeff was basically threatening to get this kid fired from whatever job he had. Uh, and I don't know what set that off. Um, so it wasn't just, it was, it wasn't just a one-off. Yep. Looks like it might be more his mo there, and, look, and I, I guess I don't understand what if he has a dog in this fight. I mean, so and, from what I understand, he and Cooley. I mean, this is just what I've read. He's got a good relationship with Cooley and is kind of a Cooley defender. This is the only possible explanation that's made any sense to me. And so he was apparently there was some stuff in that documentary that wasn't even terrible, but there was some speculation that part of the reason Cooley was leaving was he was having an affair. Again, I have no idea if that's true, but also the documentary, there's some suggestion that Cooley had checked out at the end of last season. And so that apparently that's what Goodman was mad about. So I don't know if he's defending Cooley or what, but at the end of the day, what ended up happening is that documentary has been seen by tens of thousands more people than, than would have seen it if he never sent the DM. So he, as always, you know, stuff like this has the exact opposite effect of what you're hoping for. It seems like journalism one-on-one that you don't let your personal feelings get involved in, in your job, right? And if he wants to defend Cooley, write a story and say, hey, this is wrong for all these reasons, or, you know, that's not an appropriate thing to do, or it seems like there's many ways to handle it. Or send those DMs from a burner. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of ways you can go about that. That's not that difficult. <laughs> right? Send pissy DMs from a burner. Yep. Twitter 101. All right. So before we move on to our next segment, I want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. First is with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new episode drop last week titled, Were the Troy Trojans There? The episode includes classic Sickos content, such as the ACC schedule release, the Chicago Rat Hole, Iowa Search for an Offensive Coordinator, and much more. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander You podcast. They've been off for two weeks, but they have a new episode dropping tomorrow, which I'm sure will be great as always. Love both those shows, so check them out. All right, MBG, we are still 
in silly season for college football, obviously. So what do you have lined up for us this week? Well, I thought I, I mean, I thought I'd get it started off with something good, get the kind of get the blood flowing a little bit here on the first one. Um, I actually, this is from a Michigan state board, a red cedar uh, message board. It's two, four, seven board. I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but these Michigan state fans, they were all fired up, you know, because any, anytime anything bad happens in Michigan, Michigan state guys get all fired up. And so I think that's what was happening. And I'm not sure actually what prompted this post, but this is from a mod on that board named Vim. And he sent this, somewhat late in the evening, and it says, for future reference, please do not post photos of actual penises. You will be banned for that, even if you don't care. And one thing I regret is not being able to find out what precipitated this actual response. (laughs) But obviously, it could be only one thing that prompted that response, and it would have been that someone posted a photo of a quote-unquote actual penis. (laughs) It wasn't just one or a series like that. I had so many questions about this one. But apparently there is some, I mean, being an attorney, right? I found us a little loophole here. And as long as it's not an actual penis, (laughs) you're okay to post that. But I don't care. So does that mean I'm getting banned? I'm just, I'm just. Yeah. Well, if you don't care, yeah. Even if you don't care, you're going to get banned. He's pretty clear there, Casey. It doesn't matter if you care or not. MBG, I enjoyed the dad joke that you introduced this post with in your tweet. I don't know if you remember. You said he's got nuts on the Michigan State Board last night. Uh, the other thing that's so funny about it is that when something happened and bad happened in Michigan that made them that excited that they were posting pictures of wieners on their own board. Hardball though. Yeah, was it a good thing or a bad thing? That was the, like that was the other thing I I wasn't clear about here. Well, as I think about it now, I, I do believe it was the night that Harbaugh announced he was leaving. So I, I believe it was in response to the Harbaugh news. So people just posted pictures of boners on there. Just let it out, you know. Let it out. It's time to get nuts, man. <laughs> I've heard of like people going streaking, but it's 2024 now. Technology is advanced. Females get unsolicited pictures all the time. Oh I've God. heard you don't use your own, think. though. That's just what I heard. But unfortunately, I've been married too long, so I'm beyond that. <laughs> I mean, just think of after the season the Michigan State had with a whole, a whole Mel Tucker thing and a terrible year, basketball team's not doing great, your rival just wins the national champion, finally something good goes your way and the Harbaugh leaves and it looks like Michigan's going to get gutted. I mean, you let it all hang out at that point. <laughs> well, and that, and Mod's got to play this game. I thought this was America. <laughs> that was a very common comment, as was you can guess how many Tucks coming jokes there were in the comments. <laughs> Literally, there were like 15 of them, and every person thought it was like the most original thing ever. It was awesome. Yeah, that was a great, uh, great post. I thought the it was funny. Comment I saw on this one that killed me was the Twitter account is at Real World Ging, uh, G I N G, who said, Oh, so you can post Hitler on the scoreboard at games, but this is where the line gets drawn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Michigan State. That's funny. All right. Joy, we'll move on from that. Thank you. Did you have something you want to say about that? Not at all. 
sitting there with her arms crossed. Oh yeah, <laughs> that face. <laughs> that guy That's the joy I will not movie. be participating. Face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the Michigan board. We'll see, maybe get a taste of what Michigan State fans were really celebrating. That's what appears to be. I mean, Michigan's program. It seems like it's getting gutted. The coaching staff is getting gutted, which probably means I don't think they had a lot returning anyway um, in terms of personnel, um, but I'm guessing there's some concern that that's going to get even worse uh, than what they originally thought. And so Michigan fans, keep in mind, they just won the cha- national championship. How long ago was that? Three weeks ago? Three weeks, yeah. It's like three weeks ago, right? They just won the national championship. And this is what uh, this guy, Aramha One, has to say. He says, I can't help but feel the bad guys won. The NCAA, Ward Manuel, who's the athletic director, Stapleton, ESPN, and our rivals all got what they wanted. We got a natty out of it, but are staring down the face of uncertainty. Feels like the bad guys won this round. Poor Michigan. They got beat by the bad guys. Give it to us, Joy. You got that look. I'm just like, (laughs) I can't even wrap my mind around the stupidity of the post. Like, (laughs) do you think the NCAA wouldn't have wanted you to win a national championship? You did. So (laughs) why on earth did they win? Like, it just, it's so ignorant that it like almost makes sense, but it doesn't. And I'm just amazed. I'm also shocked at the, like, complete unawareness of reality. Like, as maybe, and maybe I'm just more aware because it's happened to my school more recently. But when you do win a natty, you do tend to lose a lot of players to the NFL. Like, it's just kind of how it works because usually you have really high caliber players that helped you win that national championship. And they go make millions in the NFL. It's kind of like how the whole process has always worked. Um, I know Michigan is not super familiar with this concept because they're used to getting in the college football playoff and losing. This year, they finally broke that stigma thanks to Connor Stallions. But that's beside the point. They did win the national championship. And so just awareness of reality says we're probably going to be losing some guys to the poor or to the NFL. And we're probably going to be losing some of our coaches because they're going to take higher caliber positions because – that also is what happens when you win a national championship. I, I guess I can't fault them because they haven't been this close. Like they haven't won a natty in a minute, but it, it's the lack of awareness of reality is just mind boggling to me. We're going through it. I still don't understand. And, and they're so mad at the athletic director, Ward Manuel. He's so he, they're, they're like lumping him in here with all the bad guys who are somehow laughing all the way to the bank on this one. <laughs> and honestly, I think he's done it. I think he, like you did the bet. You put your team in the best case scenario to survive this. Like you promoted an inside guy. So all of those players that have built relationships with him are going to stay more than likely. Yeah, you're he's I saw today Harbaugh's taking his defensive coordinator with him. He's taking a strength guy. Like there's there's gonna be some major losses there and you're gonna have to fill up fill those holes. But they he really did put them in a position to be okay and set up for success and if we like really want to do this and i'll do it he put them in a better position than alabama was in when nick retired like and yeah i get it it's not replacing harbaugh and replacing nick are not even close to the same thing before an alabama fan jumps in my mentions and tells me that i shouldn't compare the two but i'm saying 
like there is a way to set your team up for success moving forward after a previous coach. And Ward Manuel did that. Boom. I just, my thing has always been, if you're a school like Michigan, this is how I thought about with UVA when we won the basketball natty is you get a five year grace period where like you just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Cause it doesn't, it doesn't happen. And Unlike so, your LSU and your 2021 and 2022 seasons are atrocious and your coach is running around with like a 20 year old bimbo and has them at his practices. And then your five year grace period, you can take that and shove it up. Your yeah. I just meant like, this is crazy. It's three weeks out, out and they're you know talking about who the real bad guys are and stuff. And I don't know why this reminds in this. I don't know if this will make sense to anyone but me, but if y'all seen the videos from years ago with a newscaster, like a, a like news anchor who's talking about some criminal who's on the run. There's a wanted poster in the back and the picture looks exactly like the newscaster. <laughs> yes. That's what yes. this post reminded me of. Like <laughs> these are the real bad guys. Like, dude, come on. Like, you know, nothing that happened to me. It's the cheating thing or whatever. I could not care less about, but like they, whatever happened, they did to themselves and they got a natty out of it. Just enjoy it. You know, just, I don't think they spent more than a week enjoying that. Thing. No. Um, and they've, you know, kind of done a 180, and they're all kind of being Eeyore uh, over there, whole humming around. Whoa, yeah. whoa, was me? Whoa, was me? And what's what's even more funny is, you know, at the time they won the national championship, Ohio State fans were the ones they're upset at their coach, upset at their situation, being extremely pessimistic, and now the roles seem to have reversed already. So there's this post. The next post I have here is from an Ohio State fan. And you remember, I mean, three weeks ago, they were done with day. They thought they were going to be terrible next year. They wanted everyone fired. They wanted to start over. My, how the turntables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> this is from 11 Warriors. And it's a guy named Buckeye Down Under. And he says, can Day grab the crown and become the new Saban? While most would assume that Kirby Smart should grab the crown as the king of college football now that Saban is retired, can Day steal the crown? Day really seems to be growing into his role as the CEO of the program. He's doing a good job building a staff and seems willing to delegate. He is very craftily using all the tools at his disposal to both build a championship roster and retain the key pieces. It is all about roster building and winning national championships. I obviously know that he needs to win to be at the very top of the college football ranks, but it seems that he is showing the growth and willingness to learn from his mistakes this offseason to take that next step. He has the potential uh, to develop the recruiting aura similar to Saban or Smart as his players really love playing for him. Besides maybe Kirby Smart's program, is there really any other program that is on the same level as Day's program? What do others think about potential moving forward? With Sane and Downs coming aboard, it seems like we may be the preferred destination for the best players, especially with Georgia seemingly having the inside track on Downs. So I post that not necessarily because it's out, or I um, tweeted that not necessarily because it's outrageous, because I don't know that he's far off here. But that's in stark contrast to what these same guys were saying no more than two weeks ago um, about Ryan Day and the program. And it's funny to contrast that to Michigan fans who just won the national championship. Well, it's a continuation of the dynasty from last week, right? That essentially right. beating Georgia has really sent them on their way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two programs are really funny to me. It seems like you would think that on the field success would be the only thing that mattered or on the field results. And it seems like neither 
neither of them is even paying any attention to what happened on the field three weeks ago, four weeks ago, a month ago. And it's all this hypothetical now, which well, I think I hate, is funny to see. I, I hate to say this, but Ohio State's doing it better, right? Because, I mean, Michigan State, their fans should be talking for the next eight months. Like, that's all they should be doing. And instead, they're being sad sacks. Ohio State fans should be down, and instead they're convincing themselves that they're a dynasty. Like, that's way more fun than what Michigan fans are doing. I don't enjoy saying that because Ohio State fans, I think, are the most insufferable on Twitter. I saw this guy's name with Ohio State fan down under. There's Ohio people in Australia, too. You think they despise the people from Ohio the way that we do in Hilton Head and Myrtle Beach? They're everywhere. They're like roaches. And I'm from New Jersey, and I know we multiply with when we get wet like like gremlins. But Jiminy Christmas, Ohio people. I think my favorite thing about this post and just like college football culture in general right now is that if you get a good transfer portal class, you're winning a national championship. Like that's theoretically what Ohio State's saying right now. Like Ryan Day is recruiting the crap out of the portal. He's getting everyone he needs to get. He's having great recruiting classes. So he's about to overtake Kirby and sit at the top of college football. And I'm like, did we learn nothing from Jimbo Fisher? How to fraud a school out of $64 million. Did we learn nothing? Like homeboy had the best recruiting class in the country and went seven and five. Like, you can have the best players, but if you can't develop and coach them, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, but well, Ohio State's issue is never talent, right? I mean, they, yeah. they have. The That's most- what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. just like I'm like that. Y'all can go get all the talent you want to. You you've always been able to get talent. That but Ohio State's not going eight and four like Jimbo was. Ryan Day's not going seven and five or eight and four like Jimbo was. He's losing oh one MBG, game a year. You're really reading into what I said way too difficult. Like you're like Ohio. State. I know that long paragraph just taught you how to really read in, but like it didn't have to go that far. I'm just saying, have we not learned that having the most talented roster doesn't always mean you win games? MBG ain't no nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most reading MBG's done in five years. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think it goes back to what Andy Staples was saying last week is the transfer portal just gives people hope. It puts people, yeah. you know, in this attitude or to take this position that this guy's taken is that there's always some hope, no matter how poorly you, you had done the year before, the transfer portal gives you hope, at least until September. Right? I need to know the difference between hope and delusion. Can someone clarify? Oh, there's a fine line. There's yeah. a fine line. It's, it's, it's hope when it's you. It's delusion when it's other people. <laughs> I did like the idea of a day being the next Saban. I think literally, first of all, there isn't going to be a next Saban. And that's, I think Godfrey talked about that. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But I mean, he might be the next Saban in that if they lose to Michigan this year, he, I don't think he's going to be at Ohio State anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they lose to Michigan this year, he is yeah. done. So he could, like Saban, be gone from his program by next year. That's the closest he's going to come. Luke Kennard. (laughs) (laughs) It's the enunciation, too, Casey, by the way. All right, that last post mentioned at the end there, Caleb Downs, who you would call transferred from Alabama. And when he announced that he was going to transfer – I think the common consensus was that he was going to go to Georgia and that's what everyone thought. And I think that's what all the Georgia people thought was that it was a sure thing that he was going to Georgia. And he surprised everybody when he went to Ohio state and there's a Georgia fan who thinks he knows why. 
um, he chose Ohio State over Georgia. And it has nothing to do, I know you're thinking, it has everything to do with who gave him the most money, but that's not true. Um, the new coach HC uh, on UGASports.com on the dog vent says that he had just heard from a buddy who's pretty tied into the OSU situation. Allegedly, Downs was set to enroll at Georgia until he saw the size of the apartment he would have in Athens. Evidently, the Ohio State apartment was much nicer. I know it sounds stupid, but we are also dealing with a 19-year-old kid. So apartment size strikes again. <laughs> you should have just Joy put a period at the I know it sounds stupid period. <laughs> well, that's when it usually gets good. They always put that part first or last, right? <laughs> it, like, it doesn't make what you, I just want to tell you, like, it doesn't make what you say any better. It actually makes it worse because you verified that you're stupid and then just chose to post it anyway. <laughs> Were people not familiar with the Downs family history at Georgia or Georgia? Because I never thought he was going to Georgia. Downs is real pissed off at Kirby about how he handled his brother's recruitment. So I never thought he was going to go to Georgia. I kind of always thought he was going to Ohio State. But maybe I'm just way too ingrained in college football. Well, all, if you read the message, the Georgia message boards, all those moderators and all those guys who are allegedly in the know were saying it was a done deal. I've so, learned if you say you're in the know, you're probably not in the know. Well, that what? turns out that was probably the case there. Unless but you're that, You know, he did break Saban retiring long before anyone else did. It's true. <laughs> Hours before. But, yeah, I mean, the people that that claimed to know said it was, you know, it was a done deal. And I think that was the common consensus amongst Georgia fans um, and the Georgia media was that he was going to Georgia. But they also didn't realize the square footage of the apartment he was going to have in Athens versus the one that was available to him in Columbus. You would think right. that before he enrolled, he would probably know where he's going to live. And he's not just rolling up to Athens day one of school and being like, nope, sorry, this 700-square-foot apartment's too small for me. You think those kids are living in 700 square foot apartments somewhere? Have you seen that, no. that the uh, defensive lineman for USC Bear? Have you yeah, seen his on, apartment up in a like a rooftop? Like not rooftop. What do they call that? Penthouse. Penthouse. Yeah, that ain't no 700 square foot apartment he's staying in. That's how you guys lived in college, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We I walked through cinder work. block. Yeah, we have more people crammed in than we're allowed by fire department regulations. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, not exactly. And we had to move every year just because our wherever we lived was so disgusting. By the end of the year, the only way to salvage it was to move to a new place. But probably about the same way these college football players are living. We had a dorm mom who was basically like maintenance. And she would come and knock on my door every Thursday afternoon and say, Casey, can I clean this room for $20? And I didn't let her ever. And then we would always party on Thursday nights. And she would come and look at me with such disappointment in the morning. <laughs> Felt so bad. Rest in peace, Miss Evelyn. Did you guys ever live in dorms? I don't know if she's dead, by the way. I did. Yeah, my, I lived my in first dorms. year. I did. Yeah. yeah, I did. I I never lived in a dorm, but I went to a few, and I do not understand how people could live in a dorm. Not only did we live in dorms, it, my freshman sophomore year, I lived in the freshman football dorm. At the time, they put them in normal dorms, and our showers were just a room full of shower heads, wide open. <laughs> Wide open. Ooh. I'm dead serious. Yeah, so that's you're just rough. sitting there, you know, scrubbing yourself, and here comes six foot eight, two hundred and ninety-five pound defensive tackles, and he picks the shower head right next to yours. 
I would I may have had to drop out, man. <laughs> Apparently I they put really dividers in now. I think legally they had to. I don't know. But not in nineteen ninety five. I got really lucky with my dorm because I actually missed the like day that you were everyone was supposed to pick their dorms. I, I missed it. And so me and my friend like had to email resident housing and there were two rooms left to pick from and they were on opposite sides of campus and one was in like this disgusting dorm and then one was in a dorm we knew nothing about and we picked the one that we knew nothing about based on its location because it was right beside the PMAC and walking distance to the football field and everything and turns out it was the old athletic dorms so all of the rooms were bigger than any other dorm on campus and we still had community showers, but they weren't like Casey's <laughs> and we had individual stalls, but like we had a sink in our room. We had like a little mini kitchen set up. I mean, like oh, wow. it was really nice. Fancy. Yeah. And then, and ironically enough, Shaq lived in it and then they announced that they were going to tear them down and he went and posted a picture in front of it and said, Bruce Art Hall forever. So I lived in the same dorm room or same dorm as Shaq. So I guess that's kind of cool. When we lost to Maryland in 1997 football team came back and took out the entire dividers for the for the commodes too so then you were pooping with no no dividers as well all right i mean you, you gotta draw the line that's just yeah. savage right like the showers one miss evelyn was the nicest lady in the world and she had to deal with all of us poor miss evelyn yeah she, she was probably is dead she, was awesome. she has all to be all right key, evelyn <laughs> all right let's close this out and as we close it out, I want to ask you guys, what is the worst holiday in your opinion? I mean, I'm going to tee your post up and say Valentine's Day. That's my real answer, but it's <laughs> yeah, your post, so I don't want to ruin it. No, it's fine, Casey. I want you to be honest, Casey. Yeah. It, it is. It is. I actually, like, uh, I am not a big fan of New Year's Day. New Year's is lame, I think. Yeah, because I just think everyone hypes it up as like a new beginning. I'm like, it's just another freaking day. I like the football games on New Year's Day. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, same, but like, I'm talking about it as a holiday. It's, I think right. it's a, just a very overrated holiday. Everyone acts like they're going to get their together. This is going to be the year. Everything changes. And then there's it's a the lot of beeps football. tonight. But there's no, there's no pressure involved in New Year's Day. Like, there's no, you know, it's just a day off work. There's no pressure involved in Valentine's Day if you're with the right person or if you're single. <laughs> Look, I always said before I got married, I wanted to find a, a girl who was born on Valentine's Day and marry her on Valentine's Day. Oh, you're so you just get all those things out of the picture on one day, just one shot. Give it all you got, and you're done for the year. But BG, um, this is why that one friend of your ex girlfriend gave her the "He's just not that into you" book or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a poster on a Texas board who I can get with. Sometimes I post message board posts. It's because I'm completely on board with what they're saying. This guy I'm with Ellis Horn. He says, it's time for a hard statute of limitations on Valentine's day. The law should be Valentine's day may be celebrated for this first two to three years of a new relationship. I can appreciate its usefulness in that regard. After that, it is just a marketing ploy to get money. We need to opt out. It gets, Old trying to come up with something every year for many, many years or else. I'm on board with Ellen Sorn. I couldn't have said it better myself. Two, three years, and you're out. <laughs> I don't know if my wife and I, we've been together a long time. I don't know if we've ever done Valentine's Day. 
like anything for it. It doesn't make me sound great, but <laughs> hey, she's still with you though. So yeah, I mean, I just I will say. Uh, so my stepdad used to go all in for my mom. This is this goes back. This is like the late nineties, and my wife now wife and I were dating at the time, and uh, he walked by her with like I think my mom and he were going to dinner or something. And he had this box and he threw it at my wife and said, Hey, can you wrap this? Just make it look pretty for me. And she was annoyed because she's like, what the hell dude? Like wrap your own present. But he had written <laughs> this note. I can't remember what the present was, but this note, it was like to my Victorian lady and all this nonsense. And so we're like, all right, we're going to mess with them. So we took the gift out. We went and took a pair of his tidy whities <laughs> and put them in the box and squirted. We found chocolate ice cream. <laughs> And Hershey squirted it all in the back of his tidy whities and then wrapped them up. And she, we were there when she opened. She literally freaked out and flung them across the room. Starts like screaming at him. He has no idea, you know, what's going on. And the moral of the story is they got divorced a few years later. So. <laughs> Probably because even of that. when you go above and beyond for Valentine's Day, it's not a guarantee that you're exactly exactly right. Making the big gesture doesn't always work out. So we're closing on our house on February fifteenth. Happy That's Valentine's good enough, Day, Casey. There you exactly. go. Seriously, though, is there anything worse? Is there anything worse than the guy that does go all out and then you make everyone else feel like a loser, or is it just maybe there's a guy it? code that that basically is like, yo, you know, you look at your boys like, what are you doing? Don't you dare, kind of thing. But there's always that dude in high school, right, who would buy his girlfriend like three dozen roses and like and that the was big always teddy like, bear. Yeah, but that was always like the stalker guy, right? Like it was, he's <laughs> like the crazy guy who did the that. Guy that ended up being a serial killer, right? Exactly. So I feel better about not doing <laughs> anything. If a guy brings me flowers, I hate it. I'm, I'll like, I'm don't, just don't, just don't. They die, and you'll die right along with them in our relationship if you bring me flowers. <laughs> It's a nihilistic holiday. I like this. Amen. Fast chat if you're out there. <laughs> I think fast chat probably goes big. At the Applebee's. <laughs> Extra he probably like gets there at, he probably like because he knows the whole, you know, staff like calls ahead of time. Right. Like, hey. I'm sure Fast Chat has a standing reservation at uh, Applebee's for Valentine's Day. He's got That's a booth reserved with yeah, It's probably not through your letterman level of Epifo Brady's, but yeah. <laughs> The Applebee's well, definitely on Whitehall, White, White. I can't even get a road right on Woodruff Road in Greenville. Probably knows him. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. On that note, happy Valentine's, everybody. A couple weeks out. Luol Dang. Chocolate. Did you say Luol Dang? You were saving that one. You you thought of that one early in the show. Paolo Bancaro. That's too new. That's too I new. I love him. Should have stopped with the wall dang, Casey. Mm-hmm. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh-huh.